I'm Noah Beerman. And I'm Jen Allen, and this is 149 Sessions. On this episode, we talk about making plans and what that means in a time of great uncertainty. Enjoy. Good morning, Jen. Morning, Noah. Nice to see you um, on the computer. <laughs> nice better, to see you too. It's better than not seeing you. I was just thinking, um, I was out on a run this morning and I was thinking of how few people I see anymore, um, even virtually. You know, I just don't um, talk to as many people as, I mean, I, I, the first few weeks of, of social distancing, I, I talked to a lot of people. And uh, this past week, I just didn't talk to as many. And I was like, oh. And then I was thinking, then I started thinking, man, I don't even remember the last time I had like a hug other than for my children, <laughs> you know, yeah. and that, and, yeah. and, you know, when you're hugging teenagers, it's very <laughs> <laughs> slippery. Yes, uh... <laughs> It doesn't happen very often. And so I was just like, wow, this is such a weird time. So it's nice to see you. It's very welcome. Nice to see you too. <laughs> yes. Well, and, uh. Um, this, uh, this scenario is not what we planned for. No. Um, how's that for a super slick segue into our topic today, namely making plans and how to navigate that, or I guess suppose if to navigate that, um, under circumstances where the uncertainty is laid bare of, uh, whether those plans will come to fruition the way you expect. Mm. And, um, well, I'm looking forward yeah. to learning a lot from you. So <laughs> I'm just oh saying my. that up front. <laughs> well, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I, I I told you I would save this uh, anecdote for um, for all of the peoples listening. But uh, yesterday, I had I've had two experiences in the last week where. Um, I suddenly had to adapt, um, which is sort of, it's sort of different from most of the ambiguity of plan stuff that we'll probably be talking about, uh, inspired by the pandemic where you make plans and then they slowly unravel. <laughs> and so you're sort of, it's like you're watching in slow-mo as all the things you thought you'd planned or become slightly uncertain and then very uncertain and then you know you just don't know what's happening anymore as opposed to sudden changes of plan so i'm teaching uh, an online class um it's unlikely any of my students are listening so i think i can reveal that um or or the any of my uh the administrators in charge of my well-being and they'd probably or my uh job compliance, um, <laughs> though they would probably be tolerant of this because I think everybody's going through this. There was a, a, a change in schedule that was specific to that week. And I knew that was true, but I've been so sort of scattered that I didn't write it down. And uh, essentially my whole class was waiting for me for like five minutes. And I thought the <laughs> class was happening three hours later. And, uh, yeah. and I only found that out because this because I checked my email to see why the student I thought I was having that morning wasn't there because that schedule was changed. And there was an email from a student saying, hey, I'm locked out of the Zoom room. Is there something wrong? Are we having class today? And I'm like, ah. <laughs> and, uh, 
And I was really fortunate that I had, and so, you know, this is where making plans is good. I had done my lesson planning for that class already, rather than waiting for the couple hours leading up to do it, which Mm -hmm. meant that I scrambled, got on there. I was fortunately already dressed appropriately and uh, was able to teach the class, but I literally was not planning to be teaching that class at that time until about 45 seconds before I started doing so. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, and then ye- uh, yesterday I was teaching the same class, was there at the right time, but like, I think by the time of the class it was okay, but uh, earlier that morning I was teaching a lesson and my laptop just got really screwy on me. The None of the ports were working, mm-hmm. so I couldn't plug anything into it. And uh, which included the USB hub that attaches to all of my audio stuff or the charger. And so I was down to like 3% battery on my laptop, trying to figure out how this is working, getting all these error messages, scrambling to um, save the error message and send it to myself before the thing died so I could at least share it with IT folks who maybe could help me. And then after restarting it a couple times, everything has been normal since then, except then when I taught the class, one of the screen sharing things I was doing stopped working (laughs) and uh, midway through the class. And so I worked around all of these things. It was fine. I taught the lesson uh, in question via... um, what did I use? I, I just used another device and uh, pointed it in different directions. But it was it in a way these two experiences reinforced both sides of the equation, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. So there was the um, both both ways of looking at it. One was why bother making plans because things are going to go kerplooey and you're going to have to improvise anyway. And the other side of it is well because I did the planning I did. I was already at an advantage when I had to adapt and improvise. Mm. So like I, if I hadn't overplanned for my class last week, then I would not have been prepared to suddenly teach it when I wasn't expecting to teach it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I had not worked out how to use Zoom on a bunch of different devices, I wouldn't have been able to ninja my way through my equipment not working Um, so so which is a a perverse um i don't know i don't know if it's a paradox or what but that uh now that making plans seems to be extra futile there's some ways in which making plans is extra important to be able to even if they don't turn out the way you think they will you'll at least be prepared for something Hmm. Yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense. You always pick such interesting topics. <laughs> very topics Thanks, that so are you. like very to- well. I didn't pick this one, but this one is so very um, kind of <clears throat> well. It's very pertinent to like where the everybody is in the world right now, but specifically in my life too. I think this this has come up a lot because um, I am a planner, mm-hmm. so um, I like to plan. And it, it and what I've realized is that it's just a a way of feeling safe. Now, in mm-hmm. your case, like in terms of you know prepping for a class or something like that, that's just kind of 
responsible in terms of like, hey, I'm already at this. I might as well just, you know, do a little bit more and get it done so I don't have to come back to it or something like that. Um, And the whole thing with Zoom, you probably were figuring that stuff out as you went along. You weren't thinking, hey, one day I might be, you know, stuck in a situation and not know how to use it. Like you were just learning how to use Zoom. And so you did it. And so you were prepared out of, you know, just experience. Yeah, I think to a degree, I guess, I guess, uh, in a sense, my or the reason I bring these examples up is that they provided a there are there have also been moments, and I think probably most people listening have experienced this. Uh, there have been plenty of moments, and I foresee a lot more moments coming up where a thing that I really meticulously planned and mm-hmm. figure you know did a lot of weighing pros and cons, and should it be like this? Should it happen this time or that time? Um, what am I going to say when I get in this situation where the where multiple layers of the thing I planned for have just gone out the window. Right, like right. not not only did things not go as I planned, but they didn't go, period. Yeah, like just yeah. the whole thing that all the plans related to just didn't happen the end. And so the temptation there, and in some ways I think this is valid. Um, the temptation is to just say, well, it's silly to make any plans at this point because um, – things aren't and I've had moments of thinking about this and I'm still thinking about this where if things aren't going to go in any way you can predict then why plan why why spend the energy looking over scenarios that revolve around a reality that might be completely shifted by the time the corresponding situation or the corresponding event or whatever it is you're planning happens Mm -hmm. um and yet, so these experiences were interesting reinforcement that um, planning can be useful even if, or, or planning can be useful even if the scenario doesn't go down the way you plan mm-hmm. for. It sort of, it forces you to organize your thoughts in a way and forces you to think about how you would react to different contingencies in a certain way. And you may not do it that way, but it's also not the first moment that you've put any attention to it. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't have the answers yet, but, uh, but I think that's, um, I, I sort of expected when we chose this topic, uh, decided uh, a little while ago that we were going to cover this at some point soon. Um, of course I started planning my thoughts about, okay, what do I have to say about this? And at that time I was really like, oh, well, you know, so how do you make plans when you don't know what the heck is going to happen about anything ever? And, uh, um, so now I've sort of shifted more to a headspace of sometimes considering plans or making plans, but not being super attached to them. And I think that's an um, important factor. I think, you know, me being a planner, that has been my my go-to. It's like, well, not not quite. I would say that I, I've definitely fallen more on the like, well, I'm not going to, I'm going to try not to plan because a lot of my plans would make me unhappy <laughs> if they didn't come true. So, so what you were right. just saying in terms of being like kind of, free with them, like having like a very loose grip on them, um, low expectations, something we talked about in the last 
podcast, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think that those are important things um, if you are going to plan something. Right. Um, and I guess uh, I guess I might I might offer a slight tweak to the wording, not necessarily low expectations, but unspecific expectations. So it's not like the thing that happens is necessarily going to be worse than Yeah, what we I didn't plan, I didn't but, mean uh, lo- when I said low expectations, I just meant like even no expectations. I just think I don't right. know why low has a has a worse ring to it than no, but like it does for some reason, but I'm just saying expectations it it doesn't actually leave the door open for the amount of possibilities that are out there. Hmm. So have you found um at this time, has the act of planning just as sort of a ritual provided you with any Oh, I haven't been planning at comfort? all. Like, okay. th- it actually has been my meditation in these this time to not plan, to let go of, of those things and to <clears throat> actually just kind of what I was just saying, that like let the idea that there are millions of possibilities that could happen. Got it. So, right. I guess, I guess maybe I should remember the distinction that you made earlier that, uh, you are, tell me if I'm putting correct words in your mouth, uh, (laughs) but, um, you're a planner. I think this is true for me too, not because you actually inherently enjoy the act of planning, but because you take comfort in feeling like you have a certain degree of control over your surroundings and planning as a way to achieve that. I think that's what I've come to find out about myself. Yeah. Like, and I don't even think I recognized that until I had to stop, you know, I had to stop Interesting. planning. Um, and then I started realizing, wow, my thoughts continually go to what's coming next conversations I'm going to have. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, well, why am I doing that? Like, why am I, like, first off, like, I don't know how any of that stuff's going to go. Secondly, I'm missing out on what I'm doing at the moment, you know, like, because yeah, of that. Right. So I'll be out on a beautiful hike and, like, I'll be having this, like, rolling conversation with myself of all the stuff I need to do and all. And I'm like, wait right. a second. Wait. There's a very beautiful or day. how you're going to talk to your kids about this thing that yeah. you need to discuss with them at some point. And there, there, there's, uh... a, there's definitely times for that stuff. I definitely think that there's a time like to think about how you're going to act in a situation. But mm-hmm. I'm talking about me and like me responding to actions in other people or situations that haven't even happened. And I don't know if they'll happen. It's like my brain's like, well, it gets some kind of comfort out of figuring out, oh, there's a beautiful, sorry, there's a beautiful bird outside my window. Good. <laughs> I, I appreciate that you uh, <laughs> inhabited the present moment uh, as it flew by. Yeah, but I was distracted. So, but the idea that like I am trying to, I have, all we have is now. So there is some balance of planning and because we have to do that in, in real world stuff. But right now we're not really in real world stuff other than like my my commitments to teach piano lessons or my class at my classes at Trinity or, you know, those are my commitments. But even those, like, I don't know what's going to happen. All I have to do is be ready with my part, right? Be ready mm-hmm. with that. And that kind of planning, I think, is is really important. I think that the reflection on oneself 
and the reflection on whatever job is in front of you at the moment, that kind of planning right. is totally uh, necessary. Like if I, if I look at myself, if I say, Hey, I'm going to be intentional this morning, I'm going to meditate. I'm going to think about, you know, what are my, what are my intentions for the day? What do I think? Um, you know, where do I hear, you know, myself to be at like in this moment in time and then knowing what's coming up, if it comes up, if it doesn't come up, you know, like whatever, there, there's some flexibility in that, but that way I am in the right place so it's not like I think I think I want to make the distinction is that the planning that I used to do and that I'm trying really hard not to do anymore is the other people planning or hmm. other situation planning and the planning that I am doing now is just preparing myself my spirit um like my I don't know really spirit my uh my being to be yep. in the right place so that whatever comes about whether good, bad happens, doesn't happen, whatever the case is, that I am able to handle it in a um, in a positive way. So I guess that's that's I the distinction I'm making right now is that I can plan, but I can only plan for me and what I'm doing at the moment. I don't know if that Interesting. even makes any can sense. You, but. It makes a lot of sense. Can you can you maybe elaborate? Uh, you can take the fifth uh, if you want, <laughs> but uh, elaborate on or give an example of how you might in uh, your previous mode of consciousness planned f- for or around other people? Oh, yeah. like oh, what, totally. what, what, what is the that. stuff That's... that you're not doing anymore? It's not that I'm not doing it. It's just I'm more conscious of it. Like I, I, I'm mm. trying not to do it. And like I'm being con- um, <clears throat> intentional about not doing it because what, ha- what would happen? So say I had an interview. Okay. Um, so, and I was going to go on the interview cause this would be something that would naturally stress me out, you know? So I'd say, mm-hmm. I'm going to go on this interview and then I would run a zillion scenario oops, scenarios in my mind. Sorry, I hit a button by accident. Hopefully everything's still working here. Um, you know, I would, and this is even, maybe this is not, a, you know, I'm going di- to use a different scenario because in jobs okay. you do have to prepare and, and I was going to say that, that sounds know, pretty reasonable. One, yeah. Maybe, maybe a conversation with somebody. That's a, that's a better okay. one. So say I, um, want, I'm going to have some kind of conversation with somebody. I'm going to see somebody that day and there's mm-hmm. certain things that I want from that situation. Maybe I okay. want, I want that person to, um, think really highly of me or, um, yeah, let's just use that. Say I want somebody to think really well of me. Like I'm like that. I okay. need them too. So I'm going to think about things that, you know, how the conversation could go. And I would plan, you know, things I might say. I might think of things that um, they would say to me. And honestly, most of my thoughts would go in a negative place. Like that person is not going to think this. So how, how can I make them think this? You know what I mean? Like, oh, and it wow. was just so sort of like pre preemptive oh, crisis yeah. control, basically. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was so, so bad. So that was like when I became aware that I was doing that, you know, like, I mean, I, I wouldn't do that with conversations with people so much, but that, that has happened in the past. But, you know, when you want something, it is hard, at least for me, to just let things be. Mm hmm. 
and there is something that like like if I really want this gig to happen I'm gonna do all these things because I wanted to go a certain way and the gigs I can think of that I enjoyed the most or where I just let everybody be what they're going to be instead of trying to manipulate every single part of the the concert you know and the more right. the more in the moment I was the more I just kind of released that kind of control, the better the performance and, and the concert was. So I think that, that what I'm kind of saying is that our thoughts, my thoughts, but I think a lot of people do this, is that they just roll around and it'll be like mm-hmm. the same thoughts over and over, maybe in different clothing, <laughs> like, you right. know, in a different scenario. But for me, I've noticed that it is a way for me to feel like I have some kind of control in sure. a situation when I do not have any control. And so, um, I don't know. I don't know if that answers your question. I kind of was rambling and, and I gave some <laughs> weird, weird thoughts. But, um, yeah, I mean, if some of the stuff I'm dealing with right now is a little too sensitive for me to share, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I can't do that. But, like, my thoughts definitely roll around and I don't. I'm trying not to do that anymore because I see that it doesn't help me and that I just have to kind of take it as it comes. That makes a lot of sense. So yeah, I guess in that sense, part of it is letting go of trying to make plans that aren't yours to make, so to speak. You know, you can but, plan, but you what can plan what you're going to s- though. What, what plans are ours to make other than our own reactions? Well, that's what I mean. So, I mean, I can say I can go into a conversation and know that before I end the conversation, there are these two things that I need to articulate to this person. And um, that part I can or I'm statistically likely to be able to control. You know, if I get hit by a blimp um, before the conversation (laughs) happens, then then obviously my plans were uh, in vain. But I... um, But at least assuming the conversation happens, I can plan those things. Um, planning for the conversation to go the way it would make it organic for me to say the thing I was going to say the way I was going to say it. That's the part that I can't plan. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I mean, when I teach, I feel like that's happening all the time where these are the things that before the class is over, I need to articulate. And beyond that, I need to be nimble enough to go where things go. And uh, so that doesn't, so the parts that I can plan are what I'm going to say uh, or how I will react in either of these statistically likely scenarios I've identified. I can't plan how it's going to go. I can't plan whether people are going to get it. I can't plan who's going to show up. Um, and th- those are the parts f- where, where you can drive yourself crazy um, trying to, I don't know, preemptively manipulate things that are beyond your control. Yeah. I think and what I think, I've, what I've okay. found is, oh, go ahead. No, no, um, it's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> We've never had this. <laughs> no, you, no. no, no, no. Um, this is a place where I've found, I found, I feel like jazz analogies can be pretty hackneyed, but this is a place <laughs> where what I've learned as a jazz musician has profoundly uh, impacted and worked its way into the rest of my life because I'll start, I'll start off 
with my favorite jazz analogy ever, which it's taken us until <laughs> episode 14 for me to deploy. Um, I don't Here even know go. if I've told you this one. Everybody quiet first. Okay. Um, this is your reward for having made it this far into this episode. Um, I usually only use this one when I'm explaining jazz to people who are fairly unfamiliar with it, either classical pianists who are starting to dip their toes into jazz or um, lay people who don't have that experience. And the analogy is that jazz is like tennis. Um, so this is a no tennis analogy? I'm fond of both. <laughs> And um, European class, there are lots of other kinds of music, European classical music, or even playing in a pop cover band mm -hmm. that are more like figure skating or gymnastics. So if you're doing f uh, competitive figure skating or gymnastics, you learn a routine, you practice it that way over and over and over and over and over and over again. And your goal is to go out there and do it the way you practiced it and not screw up and not have the judge from Slovenia dock you <laughs> half a point for, uh, for yeah. butchering anything. And, uh, um, and in tennis, you serve the ball and then you don't know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm working with a piano student who's, um, who is either starting to explore jazz or who's on the fence about how they want to study music. Um, we talk about that and talk about the headspace. So if you serve the ball and you don't know what's going to happen, does that mean you can't prepare? Mm -hmm. Does that mean you can't practice? Does that mean you can't plan your strategy for the match? Uh, no, it absolutely doesn't mean that. It, it actually means you need to be more prepared in a yeah. sense because there are multiple scenarios that might occur and you need to be nimble enough nimble enough to adapt to them and experienced enough that hitting the ball at just this angle and just this pace is something you've worked on. And mm -hmm. when you go to play a piece of music, whether it's, um, you know, a cover of a Lady Gaga song that you're playing in a wedding band or whether it's Rachmaninoff, someone else has already decided, or maybe even you've decided if you've composed the music exactly what's supposed to happen and you learn that as perfectly as you can and try to execute it as cleanly as you can. And hopefully there's some expressiveness and some emotion in there, but nobody's going to care about that if you mess up the component parts. Right. And uh, mm -hmm. if, you don't, if you don't stick the landing of your floor exercise, the judges aren't going to care how much style you had. You just, right. you didn't, you didn't deliver the, the <clears throat> basic expectation of not screwing up. Right. And, uh, when you play a jazz tune, there's a lot of that too. Chances are there are things in the tune that are somewhat specific or maybe very specific that you need to deliver as such, um, like the melody and bass line of a Jen Allen tune. And, uh, <laughs> um, and uh, But then there are all kinds of things that you don't know where things are going to go. And what I've learned is it's not – part of it is being nimble for that because – You'll screw up if you're not prepared for a multiplicity of scenarios. You're not prepared for the band leader to call it off at a different tempo or whatever it might be right. for the length or rhythmic feel of something to be different than you were planning. But what I also learned, and this has tied back a lot to my regular life, is sometimes you can plan and sometimes you actually can orchestrate all of that stuff before it happens, but it makes for a much less satisfying experience. And mm -hmm. it means that you're more likely, and the tennis analogy holds true too, if you, if you, if you come up with the strategy beforehand, 
the circumstances surrounding you don't turn out to be what you expected, but you remain stubborn about deploying that strategy, it might be okay, but it's not going to be the thing best suited to what you're seeing. And I had the experience over and over again where I sort of planned what I was going to play in what ostensibly was an improvising situation. And then the moment came and I deployed it and it just sounded lame because <laughs> it wasn't, it was, you know, just like in yeah. a conversation, you know, um, uh, when, when things are organically moving in a direction and then all of a sudden you're like, yeah. So it's funny, you know, I was thinking about <laughs> the need to buy term life insurance and, uh, um, you know what I mean? Like something I'm only that's, that's was like totally understand it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, we've all, we've all been probably on both sides of that where either we're awkwardly presenting the thing or, um, or have the thing presented to us that, uh, is supposed to be natural, but clearly isn't. Um, yeah. and I mean, I'm remembering specific examples, especially in recording studios where I was like, okay, well, this is my chance to cement forever and ever my interpretation of this song as we record it. And here's this lick that I really like on this part of the song. And then that moment of the song comes and things are going so, so beautifully and organically in a certain direction. And I grind that to a halt so I can throw <laughs> that lick in because that's where it's supposed to go. Right. Yeah. And, and it, you know, I mean, I didn't get like the, the, the earth did not uh, part and send me deep into a crater of hellfire or something yeah, as a result. Yeah. But I definitely missed out on some cool opportunities to experience something that I didn't plan for, but that was in and of that moment. Yeah. And, no, I, uh, I think these are perfect analogies. Like, I feel like they're thanks. so right on. Like, I've experienced them in in actual time, like on gigs where that was happening, not necessarily, I have one, one memory of, of, I'm not going to go into the, the gig at all, but it was exactly that same thing that where there's something happening and then somebody does something that they're like, they just kill <laughs> the vibe and you're just like, what are you doing? But I've been that person too. I've done that in many right. scenarios in life yep. and in music. And, um, and so maybe like the bigger point is that, you know, not that, yeah, like I definitely think prepping for things is, is important um, and being, you know, kind of taking responsibility for yourself is important. But like the, the whole idea of being able to listen to where you are in the moment, you know, and I, I like, you know, like you, when you're talking about your analogies, the one that I, I tell when I teach my jazz history classes or anybody, anything about jazz, if you don't know anything about jazz you do know about improvisation because mm -hmm. every right. single person that lives on this planet is improvising all the time. Sure. That's what we do. We use the resources we have and then we improvise. So, you know, maybe like part of that is, is just learning how to get in the flow of just regular living. Like, can we listen to where right. we are right now, even if it's not an exciting moment or, you know, are we kind of, do we have the ability to exert, a, exert, is that the word I'm looking for? Put forth a plan. Like, is there space mm -hmm. for that? Because I think that there, you know, you have to have some kind of plans to do things certain times. And if you have that plan and it's the right time, beautiful. You know, I think that's where, you know, immense, like ideas of, you know, great proportion coming to fruition 
you know, like Mm -hmm. genius ideas or, um, you know, like any genius musician we could, we could name, um, they were all planning, they were doing something, but they were also listening to where they were supposed to be at that moment in time. And that's how it, how it happened. And so I think that we all have that opportunity to be in those places. It's just sometimes I think we, um, mistake our place in, in time. Like we, we want to be the person who Hmm. controls all the time, you know, or the person who has this interesting. So yeah, I, I guess, you know, and these are things I've been thinking a lot about. So sometimes I'll just be like, I'm not going to plan anything. And then I'm like, yes, I'm still going to plan. And then, and then I go back and, and it always has to come back to this, this like floating middle of like, you know, mm-hmm. where, where like are you at right middle. now? The floating middle. Yeah. That's a good two name. Right. Don't anybody steal that. <laughs> you better write it fast before, uh, before this goes uh, live. But, um, oh, you've got a few weeks. Um, yeah, no, that's really interesting. And I guess it's funny. I, I'm, I'm reminded now of this Herbie Hancock quote that I remember seeing on TV when I was a teenager. I wish I remembered like what the show was or something because I haven't been able to go back and find this, but I think of it from time to time where I saw him explaining that um, I think he was talking about things he learned playing in Miles Davis's band where for those of you not familiar with the 1960s edition of the Miles Davis Quintet, it was uh, a real important group in many ways, but particularly, uh, at least particularly relevant to this conversation in terms of being in the moment. They they improvised to a very high degree or, or um, were willing to um, depart from expected structures to uh, a really large degree. And Herbie, in this clip that I saw decades ago, was talking about how he learned to just follow the music where it went. And most people, when they're playing jazz and improvising, they function the way most people function in conversations, which is they're half listening to the other person, but they're half waiting to say the thing that they're planning to say. Mm-hmm. And if you're waiting to say the thing you're planning to say, you miss yes. those moments yeah. where it's not relevant anymore. You are quick to abandon it and just go where things are going. Mm-hmm. And I remember that being an enlightening, a doubly enlightening moment watching Herbie talk about this because I thought, yeah, I do that when I improvise. And actually, I do that in conversations too. And I didn't even know that was a thing. Like, I didn't have an intellectual framework for Mm -hmm. that being a thing and for that being a thing that maybe I should learn to let go of at least somewhat. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I was like, how many at that moment I like thought, how, how often do I in a conversation say, Hmm. Yeah. So as I was saying, (laughs) and, uh, like how often do I, do I cling? Yeah, of course. And sometimes it's important because, there's a strong need to express something and you are not ready for the conversation to go somewhere else. I'm not saying that it's terrible, but I used to do that a lot. Mm. And, uh, and I used to do it because I had uh, maybe an excessively, at least sometimes an excessively firm sense of what I was planning to occur in the conversation. And I was unwilling mm-hmm. to, to, 
breathe, let that go, you know, trust that if it was uh, important enough to express that thing to that person, there would be other organic opportunities to do so. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, and so, you know, when I think about jazz gigs and how much, or even teaching, I mean, I usually go into a class, um, and I hope my students appreciate this, (laughs) I usually go into a class, for example, with probably twice as much material as I could actually use under any circumstance. And under most circumstances, I wind up using maybe a third or a quarter of what I came prepared with. So I've got all of these different layers of possibility. And if things, if people need more reinforcement on this thing, then I can go there. And uh, so, I mean, it's a, it's a lot of planning. And that when, when I'm on, I do a lot of planning and then a lot of letting go because I get to the class and it's like, oh, well, this thing that was not on my agenda clearly needs attention right now and I need to let go, go there, have the conversation that needs to happen Mm -hmm. while at the same time keeping a certain amount of track of the things that I, you know, my um, whatever the organizer in me knows we can't we can't walk away from here on, if I haven't at least delivered these bits of perspective or information. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, as w- as with playing a jazz gig, or um, it's it's not. I think the um, the misconception is that you don't plan to play a jazz gig because you are improvising whereas on some level the opposite is true that you're planning a lot so that you are confident that you've worked out the things you need to work out so that when you are in the moment and just going with the flow you are reflecting the best version of yourself mm-hmm. so so in that sense i guess i as i'm thinking about it it sort of echoes what you were saying that the planning we can do is the internal stuff and that not necessarily the scheduling stuff, not necessarily I'm going to go to this restaurant in two weeks and order this thing from the menu, but, uh, and, and, uh, but the plans of, okay, well, these are my priorities for being closer to my best self, whether as a musician or a human being or um, a presence in my loved one's life or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to, which I guess is preparing more than planning, really. But I'm going to, I, I'm I'm going to prepare those things so that if I don't make plans or abandon plans, what does come out when I talk, when I play, when I just am, uh, is going to be something that has intention behind it. It's not random and it's not um, impulsive. It's or it's impulsive, except it's an impulse that I've crafted. Yeah to be the most, you know, a, a, a good reflection of my genuine self. Right. Does that make any sense? Yeah. I feel like I just uh, spiraled around for a minute. And I think those things can make you feel like that. <laughs> like that's how I was feeling yeah. before. I guess, so I guess my question is, is in this time, you know, I talk to, when I do talk to people, everybody's a little... Um, worried about the future, their gigs, their work, their the un, mm-hmm. un, unknowing nature of what's going to happen. And 
I, it's not that I don't feel feel that, but I think I'm at a place where I'm like, well, I don't know what's happening right now most times. <laughs> I don't know right. what's happening tomorrow. Right. So I can only hope that something's going to happen. And if it doesn't, I can only be prepared to, you know, do something else. And, um, right. you know, so again, like, I guess, I guess my thoughts are just, I want to have a mindset that hope is many possibilities. Hmm. I like that. It's interesting when we were, before we adopted our kids, when we were technically still um, working with the foster care system, uh, one of the terms, this wasn't directly relevant to us, but one of the terms we learned was concurrent planning, Mm -hmm. which in that situation meant that there might be a kid whose birth family may or may not do the things that are required of them for there to be a reunification. So the uh, agency would be simultaneously planning for that reunification and planning for the foster family to adopt them Mm. because if they waited to see how things turned out to pursue the other things, they'd be behind. Yeah. And I feel like there's a lot of that going now uh, with, with, I mean, just about everybody, I suppose, but everybody who's, everybody who has been disrupted. I mean, I suppose uh, essential workers are just trying to survive. Um, Many of us are busy and just trying to get through our stuff. But, uh, you know, schools are planning for multiple scenarios and they can't really just wait to see how things go to begin those processes of planning. So they're planning for multiple things. If, Mm -hmm. if this is how things are going, then we'll go here. And if this is how things are going, we're going there. So it's, it's actually in a way like double or triple or quadruple planning with the acknowledgement that some and possibly all of the plans will get tossed because circumstances render them less relevant. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, I think, um, I think it's tempting to just, well, and in some ways necessary. Yeah, I, 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 I'm working hard. Well, I'm trying not to work too hard and just like relax and go with the flow, but uh, <laughs> I, am, I am putting attention to um, identifying. I mean, I guess it's sort of like a pandemic uh, variation on the serenity prayer, like uh, mm-hmm. God grant me the... Um, tranquility to abandon all plans, the courage to dig in and be focused and strategic about how to make things happen, and the clairvoyance to have some freaking idea which is going to be relevant in this situation. It's much less snappy than the actual serenity prayer. but uh, <laughs> And just um, being able to let go of that of something not turning out the way we want. I mean, again, it's yeah. that, that flexibility that I think that, I think this is at least in me, it's it's definitely teaching me flexibility. Right. It's teaching my, my, my being to learn how to be like, okay, it's not going this way. How are we going to go? Totally. Like, okay, yeah, what's going to happen? There's no scenario at this point in which making plans um, actually can result in, 
serious confidence about those plans coming off the way you expected. I mean, even I, uh, I was just hearing last night on a town hall in my city, um, a virtual Zoom town hall mm-hmm. about how they ordered a bunch of um, protective masks, which were then intercepted by the federal government to, um, to divert elsewhere, mm-hmm. you know. Like, this is an example of, like, they planned, they did all this stuff, and then, okay, now they're not getting, they paid for the stuff, and now they're not getting it. And yeah. so, okay, time to make different plans. Yeah. So, yeah, I think the the trick for me, I, having acknowledged that having a loose relationship with my plans is important right now, then the question that I'm asking myself on a nearly hourly basis with over something or other is when to make the plans anyway and just be flexible enough to not cling to certain outcomes and when to just not make plans at all. You know, there's various conversations that I wind up having where start to discuss, well, should we, and it's like, you know, it's really <laughs> yeah. waste, wasted energy to to even do the plan making on this subject until more information is available about uh, about how things are going to go down. Right. Yeah. And um, even down to um, we've been shopping at our local health food store, um, and uh, you know, Kate and I are both foodies i think to a pretty significant degree and they've been great i want to put in a plug for it's only natural uh market in (laughs) middletown um and they're small and so and and so the produce that they get is what their distributor gave them i mean so it's like more you know more variety than if you're on a csa and you just get like a box of kohlrabi or whatever but uh (laughs) um um no no offense to those who are members of the kohlrabi guild of uh southern new england but um but the uh but i go there and you know i can't i can't go in there with big i go in there with a shopping list so i'm not just wandering around aimlessly but i get to the produce section and you know they may or may not have been able to get the vegetable that i was looking for that week Mm -hmm. and uh and so i go you know for me because cooking and eating is so central to my existence it's a good example of just being loose with i'm going to make something out of what is being presented to me here right yeah and your food always tastes so good so thanks yeah good plug for noah's kitchen (laughs) which it's yeah it's been pretty weird not to uh not to cook for anybody else for uh for whatever a month and a half now um, no, I'm kind of dreaming of but, some of your food right now <laughs> I'm, I'm really hungry at the moment too, okay. so. new topic actually I, I am too so maybe this is our cue um i think i think it's appropriate for us to plan to eat lunch in five minutes or so i think okay. that's that's a short term enough and controllable <laughs> enough plan that it's not absurd to focus our energies there all right thanks Noah. thanks jen